What's the future of entertainment and technology in the car? Cars or the external of the car becomes a commodity. If I look at Peloton, it's just like treadmill or bikes. And what differentiate them is the screen and the content that comes through the screen and the ability to connect with other people. And maybe that is the play. It's the identity that you gain and the access to community that you have by riding that car. That's Yaniv Gilad, founder and CEO of Listery, which brings top journalism to younger audiences. And this is Talking the Drive, where the people who create what's next in the car reimagine what's possible. I'm John McLeod, Rivet CEO, and joining Yaniv and me is Cindy Pulaskis, Rivet president, bringing her deep background in content, production management, and delivery. Cindy, you've worked with Yaniv. What's unique and different about what Listery is doing? I was initially and immediately drawn to what they're doing is their data analytic approach to what stories to create, how to create the stories, what users really want, what they're listening to, and feeding that information back into their production processes to make sure that they are making available in their library the stories that users are really interested in. When we started Listory, we had the realization that there is so much content out there. There are many sources, many ways to get to content, but at the end of the day, we felt that it's impossible to find what's relevant, interesting, and timely. So my co-founder and I thought of creating a product that will refine the web and look to the experts, to the people who are passionate about content and leverage their passion to content to bring to users the best stories um, that are relevant to them. So yeah, uh, that was what kind of triggered the passion or the, the idea to develop Listory. So how does that work from a practical point of view and from a technology perspective, even from an AI perspective? What we learned very early on, younger audience, and, and we look specifically to, to younger generations because the problem of finding relevant and, and high quality content is even bigger there where young people have so many apps and platforms that they consume a lot of content there, but not necessarily traditional publishing content. What we've learned from those users is that one, they don't search for news. They don't look for it. They expect it to get to them. Second, and and that goes with what Cindy said before, they're not looking for someone to tell them what they need to know. They want content that they're interested in that will be useful to them and they want it to be very engaging. So we quickly realized that the ideal view of we'll curate the best content is not enough because what we essentially did was bring very good stories that tend to be very long-form reads. And our users told us that it is a great product to have a discovery experience and get high-quality stories but we don't have time and we don't have the patience to go through three hours of reading every day. We expect content to be 
short, quick to digest, and similar to other experiences that we are used to. So, for example, if you go to TikTok, if you go to Instagram, you see that the content is very snappy, very engaging. And that helped us to iterate from creating an, an app that curate content from experts to actually build an app that take that great content, but further refine it and make it accessible to people who don't have time, don't have patience on the go and still want to get smarter, still want to be informed. So one of the things that resonates along with the content and the great content you're creating, you also have a lot of metadata associated with that content. Because if you're going to find the right platform and the right user, the story itself, to borrow a rivet term, you know, has to be smart. You know, we create smart stories and we have a lot of data around each of those stories so that once they get in the right place and we know what the user wants in that perfect world where, you know, it's clear what preferences the user has, each story can find its perfect user. Is that something that you also believe in or, or, or do at Lustri, or is that something that you have the platforms that you distribute to? We have our direct-to-consumer app, and there we can control and learn and try to optimize the experience of every user. So based on the user usage of the app, we can then present them with stories that might be more relevant to their taste. It's harder to do on third-party platforms. So, you know, if you post a story on social, now it's the social platform that will dictate who will see that story. And it's interesting that you ask it because we push those stories in into social and not all the time understand why one story gets so many views and others don't necessarily and we cannot see difference in production quality or you know the whether one story is more relevant than than another so that's where we kind of lose touch with the story and that's that's part of a larger kind of challenge we believe that connected car is a great opportunity for content but it's been slow to happen because lots of pieces have to work together Automotive, technology, and content all need to be in the right planet alignment. We believe we're getting close to that place, and there have been a number of innovations over the last few years that change what's possible. First, the car is connected, initially through the smartphone, and now it has a direct connection. Second, AI and voice technologies have advanced so far to the point that you can talk with your car. And third, Elon Musk. He put a screen in a Tesla and said, I want the car to be fun. How do you think about this opportunity? close to the iPhone moment where you have a very iterative improvements and then suddenly a disruption that shifts the whole market. Long before iPhone, there were smartphones with large screens and touch, etc. But John, to your point, they were kind of like there, but not exactly there. And the iPhone connected all the pieces from not only the tech piece, yeah, touch screen where exist, but not in that level of perfection. And the content, not very 
optimized to mobile and the vision of what it can be. So I think it's very similar to the kind of the uh, holy trinity you you just mentioned, the auto, the tech, and the content. And I think we're seeing that level of revolution in, in cars. And I'll add to and, that the trinity and, and add the business models to it, where I think that drivers and, and cars are becoming moving wallets in a way. So you can have electronic tolling and you can have parking, you know, all this stuff that the car can have subscriptions for associated with a vehicle, that if you can add those subscriptions and and enhance it to actually include the driving experience that potentially drivers and, and passengers would be willing and see the value in that so that the content that you get is relevant to you and you have a really engaging, enjoyable ride, again, not just from how smooth it is from a vehicle perspective, but how entertaining it is and how either fun it is or informative it is or non-obtrusive it is, depending on what you're looking for from your infotainment system. One of the biggest challenges for content producers is discoverability. When the radio came along, the radio was a very simple device. It only worked within the radius around a radio station, but it actually made it very discoverable for anybody who was in that area. If you just turned on the radio, tuned in, local radio was discoverable. The irony of the internet is it destroyed the discoverability of local content. But if you bring location and the moving car in, how could that possibly be the magic wand that can help create new ways to discover content? I think the word magic resonates. I think that would be the magic experience for consumers so that if the car knows where you are, it knows what's happening around you. It knows who you are. It knows how many people are in that car. Are you a a solo driver? Are you driving with others? It knows you can have this curated driving experience. And if it were the car, were also able to send data back to a service that sent data to the publishers and said, more of this, less of this, people are really liking this. You could have this really dynamic experience that users are getting more and more and more of a engaging exactly what they want, the, the what word am I searching for, the golden chalice of, of, of what everyone's been searching for um, from an experience perspective. I, I mean, I find that really magical, that idea, that concept. I don't know what you think, Yaniv. I think there is definitely magic there it's hard to see what that future will bring i still remember my first time of using uh ways it was half big product with half of the roads loaded but you could see that if there is a community behind it it might be a good mapping app little did i know that now when i drive and i see a car on the roadside in 100 feet from you that car is there. That's a magic. If the car knows who I am and what I like, and maybe that I'm not living in that city, maybe the content that I'll get will be completely different than John who lives in that city. So while it's hard for me to kind of imagine ideas, it's easy to see kind of what little magics that smartness taking your production process, which is you have kind of AI and humans looking at what people are reading or or listening to. And if you could put that at a hyper-local level, and if you take the production process where you could use text-to-speech or other 
automated processes to make the production really easy with a human eye for editorial and curation at the end, because we want to make sure that, again, we're trying to create magic here. We don't just want this to be a kind of a choppy experience. You can imagine where you can have hyper-local content really become interesting again and potentially have business models that make it, you know, the cost is down, the efficiency is up, and people really see the value in understanding the place they're driving through, whether you're driving through as a tourist or a resident, you know, because you have different needs and it would be really interesting and magical to have all of that come to life. We talked about three pieces that need to come together, content, tech, and the car. We know connectivity is coming to the car, but what kinds of technology platforms, business models, access to ecosystems do we need to see from the car companies in order for people like us to succeed? You gave the example of Elon Musk, who kind of disrupted this market and gave a little idea what entertainment system can look like. It's an open ground that now need to be defined and it will take time and it will be iterative. My sense is that car companies are trying to imitate what worked and still working on mobile. And it reminds me kind of how publishers coming digital age try to imitate what they did in print and it just got them to where they are today, which is a little sad. From what I see from car companies, they look at the entertainment system as a platform and a replacement for your phone. So the idea is that you'll get into the car and instead of using your phone, you'll use the entertainment system, which would be a different platform. I think what you're saying is that the car companies need to think about creating a new ecosystem and not just trying to take what works in a different ecosystem and apply it into the the vehicle. It can't be developed by people outside of the car and then just tried to plug in through a a port. As we think about cars moving to electric vehicles and self-driving cars, the car companies run the risk of losing their ability to differentiate the car from the performance and look. Ironically, the inside of the car is going to be more important for branding and differentiation. How can bringing look, feel, and sound, personalized contextual sound into the car, possibly change that for the car companies? I think differentiating on a brand-by-brand basis in terms of the the end user's driving experience. And, And by driving, you know, I don't mean the feel of the steering wheel. You know, I don't mean, you know, are you able to do an automatic or a standard breaking all the things that people have brand loyalty for now, it's going to be different. It's going to be what is the actual experience of getting from point A to point B from an infotainment perspective, an enjoyability perspective? Am I more informed? Am I more entertained? Am I more relaxed? Am I more in the know when I get there? And there's all these opportunities for the car companies to influence that. A highly curated experience is not going to be satisfying to a lot of people. They want to have the content they want and not the content you think they should be having. However, a very curated experience for a few minutes, like the front page of a car where you get in the car, there's kind of a standard set of information you're going to learn that's personalized to you, that's uh, also brand specific, would be really interesting. And then somehow gracefully merging into content that you've either pre-customized or, you know, pre-selected as here's where I want the bulk of today's experience to be, music, meditation, news, some combination of all of the above. But the having that 
differentiated on a brand, car brand by car brand experience of, of that second one when you sit down and, and what is the look, feel and sound that you're going to be getting all the way through to at a certain point, it probably won't be differentiated at all. And it'll be based on content that you've selected. And that would be the same experience at minute six or minute 26 at some point, regardless of the car you're in, because it's content that you're bringing with you, whether it's an audiobook or, or a playlist or what have you. Cars or the external of the car becomes a commodity. If I look at Peloton, it's just like trade meal or bikes. And what differentiate them is the screen and the content that comes through the screen and the ability to connect with other people. And those are people who just happen to ride those same brand bikes. And maybe that is the play. So it's content, but it's a little more than content. It's the identity that you gain and the access to community that you have by riding that car. And honestly, this is just a crazy thinking out loud, but maybe instead of, I don't know if it's Volvo or BMW, pretending the sound of the closing of the door, it would be Volvo known for their yoga driving experience. That's changing the paradigm. And I love the Peloton analogy too. I think that's exactly right. And I think back to car commercials and car identities 20 years ago, and you used to have you know, the, the Volkswagen with the little vase for the flower and, and everyone that had a Volkswagen had the sense of community. It was before there was a social media aspect to really capitalize on that. But there was this sense of identity that if you saw someone driving this, you you had some like camaraderie. And with Mini Coopers, you have the same thing where there's, you know, groups of people that get together that own Mini Coopers because there's a sense of identity and community around that. And if car companies could form that, you know, the yoga community of Volvo drivers and the reggae community of Jeep drivers or whatever it happens to be. And people could just kind of understand I've got like experiences. And then you could have car companies actually branding certain content that even gets played outside of cars. And you could have, you know, in my example, Jeep sponsoring reggae concerts and Volvo sponsoring Peloton's or a yoga studio. You know, you could have, you can have this, again, this new business model that car companies really for a forward and, and change the ecosystem that they're operating in instead of just being contained within the set of metal. Our guests on Talking the Drive have been Yaniv Gilad and Cindy Pulaskis. I'm John McLeod, and I welcome your thoughts. Drop me a line at drive, D-R-I-V-E, at rivet360.com. Talking the Drive is produced by Rivet360, a technology and production company that's excited about what's next for people, places, and things.